get the meaning behind the numbers, and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Oh, we are back, baby. Season 5. Can you believe it? Season 5 of TSN Hockey Analytics right here on TSN 1050. You wanted it. You got it. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. We're going to start the season, the show, with a bang. NHL, it's the first slate of regular season Saturday games. So much excitement, expectations. We're going to begin things in a, a minute or so with Travis Yost of TSN.ca. He's back for Season 5. Then, co-host of First Up on TSN 1050, The Morning Show, former Leafs first-round pick, Carlo Koliakovo, joins me in about 15 minutes' time. Then, Fantasy Hockey Talk. So if you got your fantasy hockey questions for your league, for DFS, whatever, James Harding, NHL.com Fantasy Analyst, is back. So you can tweet us at AndyMC81, at TSN Analytics, and James at Harding underscore hockey to get your fantasy hockey questions in. We'll try to answer a couple of those. And, of course, what would TSN Hockey Analytics be without heroes and zeros? Scott Cullen. That'll be in about 45 minutes' time. But first... He's been here every step of the way, baby. Every step of the way, it's Travis Yost from TSN.ca. Travis, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. How you doing, Andy? Oh, I'm doing good. Glad to be back. It's always a little bit, you know, we'll wait to the last minute to see when the season's, <laughs> the show's going to start back up. But we are here. And, and for you, uh, Travis, when we, we look at the season at hand, right, we're heading into those first slate of, of Saturday's games. Your latest on TSN.C breaks down the number of teams we can actually consider as Stanley Cup contenders. So how big is the group of teams in 2018-19 that can actually compete for the Cup in your mind? It, it's actually pretty interesting. Historically, if you finish around top six, top seven in the NHL, that's where about 80 to 85% of your Stanley Cup winners come. Which, I, I bring it up, it seems intuitive that that's the case. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people think of the Stanley Cup playoffs as this mega crapshoot where if you're one of 16 teams, you know, you've got nearly an equivalent chance of getting through and, and winning a title. It's not necessarily the case. I, I think the Stanley Cup playoffs lend themselves to periodic upsets, no doubt about that. But generally speaking, the cream of the crop are the teams that end up winning. Uh, but I do think I do think it lends credence to the idea of why you see whether it's preseason projections, playoff projections, right you know right in the middle of April, when you see people like right now the common teams Tampa Bay, Toronto, San Jose, Nashville, Winnipeg, Washington. I mean, there's six teams right there that are probably legitimate Stanley Cup contenders, and I don't think any one selection is that much better than another. Like I think Tampa Bay is probably my prohibitive favorite uh, in 2018-19, but could I see? Winnipeg winning it? Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about splitting hairs at that point between those two teams. Just the NHL is just not nearly as uh, as top-heavy as another league like the NBA is, where I think 85% of winners are a, a one, two, or three seed across the entire league. So, you know, there there is a big enough pool where you've got probably legitimately six, seven, eight teams in the NHL this year that can win a Stanley Cup. Would the only other Canadian team with the potential to make it to the Cup Final be the Maple Leafs? I'm, I'm assuming we're not going anywhere else, right? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> quite the split in Canada once again in 2018-19. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would say uh, I would say Winnipeg one, Toronto two in terms of the Stanley Cup chances. And and again, even between those two teams, you're probably splitting hairs, right? I you know I think I think Leafs fans are obviously incredibly excited about their team this year. They're probably the second or third best team in the East, 
Um, but, you know, Winnipeg is just that good, right? I, Winnipeg is probably, in my opinion, the second-best team in the league, top to bottom. There really are no holes on that roster. And they do have a goaltending presence, which, as we know, is critical in the regular oh, season yeah. in the playoffs. So, um, you know, again, even, even across teams like Winnipeg and Toronto, you're probably splitting hairs still. So, Travis, last season, I don't think we went a week without asking about the Vegas Golden Knights, and it was always like, all right, when's it going to end? Okay, it's Christmas, it's got to end. Okay, it's the playoffs, it's got to end. And it never ended. It kept going. So this year, they did, they, they've added Paul Stastny, Max Pacioretty. They lost uh, Thomas Tatar, uh, uh, Neil Perron. But what are the expectations for the Golden Knights this year? Because as an expansion team, they set the bar so high. Where do you see them coming out at the end of the year? Yeah, and the crazy part here is I think the team, the actual skaters, are better this year than they were last year. Wow. I mean, if you look at their if you look at their second line, I mean, they are playing Max Pacioretty with Paul Stastny and one of Alex Tucker, Eric Halla behind one of the best lines in the entire league. Their top six, and this is one of the things, one of the five or six fun storylines I think was worth following as we headed into the season. I, I just I don't know how many teams can match up with them. Very few teams can skate with them. Obviously, I think that's going to be true again this year. But let's say that, let's say their group of skaters are better this year. What does that mean for their point total and projections? I think you could see them staying flat, maybe even taking a marginal step backwards. And the reason being is one of the things that I don't think Knights fans should get very comfortable with, which is a true statement in pretty much every hockey market, is the type of season Mark Andre Fleury had. Like I, you know, a lot of people pegged Vegas for as, as a major regression candidate, and it's kind of a double-edged sword, or, or it kind of cuts both ways. I would say. I don't think that there are many, if any, regression candidates outside of William Carlson in, in their entire skater group. I, I think generally the roster construct is that good. I think their talents are very complimentary, and I think they're absurdly deep. And we, we saw time and time again the teams that didn't have the requisite depth to skate with them got ran out of the building. Yeah. That said, I, I do think the goaltending is a bit more of a concern. We, you know, it's, it's impossible to make anything of one game. But Vegas looked fine in their opening night. Except for Marc Andre Fleury, who got lit up and it was chased after the, in the midway, I believe, in the second period. That that's going to be the point of emphasis to watch. I find it almost impossible to believe that they would have would, would have a chance of missing the playoffs in that division with how many bad teams there are at the bottom half of that group. But the the, the key to watch here is how much can Fleury run it back from last year, year over year, and if it if it's reasonably close, yeah, they, they're going to win that division or they're going to be neck and neck with San Jose. But if he really takes a step back, they could be one of those wild card teams hmm. that, uh, that's heading on the road in round one. In conversation with Travis Yost from tsn.ca, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Travis Yost. Okay, Travis, there's always bounce back teams, right? There's always teams that, that uh, down, a down year, maybe we didn't see it, and they come back and have a strong one. Is it St. Louis? Is it Calgary? Buffalo, maybe, except for that horrible start they had. But, but is, there, is, is there a few teams that you can really see, okay, they're ready to take a step forward? Uh, at, at the risk of saying Carolina for the seventh year in a row, <laughs> only to watch that blow up in my face, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in a different direction this year. And I just think they are so – there's so little buzz around this team. And – I, I don't think their roster is that bad, and, and that's the New York Rangers. I, I, I genuinely look at their team top to bottom, and, yeah, they are, they are now void of that superstar talent that you've come to expect in the Rangers market in the last 10, 15 years. But they still have some pretty competent high-end skating guys in the forward group. And just like we think Flurry could take a real step backwards this year, I don't think Henrik Lundqvist 
is nearly as bad as he showed last year or really even the year before. Uh, is there? I have full confidence that Henrik Lundqvist's best years are behind him. Let me, let me be perfectly <laughs> clear about that. His, his peak playing years were about five, six, seven years ago, and he's just a different player right now. That said, is he really a 91% save percentage guy? No, I don't think so. He's probably still right around the league average. And if Lundqvist and the goaltending more generally – regresses a bit favorably like we would expect this season, I don't see why they can't take a swing at that last spot in that division. I mean, do we really think the New Jersey Devils are that much of a better team top to bottom than the Rangers? I certainly don't think so. And the Devils were one of the last holdouts for for a playoff spot last year. So, uh, again, I I think the Rangers are going to have a better seat. What that means to their point total, not entirely clear. But they seem like a perfect candidate to, like, have this random breakout year where, you know, the, the organization has sold everyone on a rebuild. They're, they gutted the, most of the roster during the last half of last year. And people are like, yeah, we're, we're planning for 2019-20. It would be very Rangers-like to make the playoffs in that type of year. Last one for you here, Travis. Let's go back to some of your work on TSN.ca. And last month you wrote about how you expect the Atlantic Division to likely be drama-free with the Lightning, Leafs, and Bruins being so much better than the rest of the teams in division. But in regards to those three teams, how important do you think the order in which they finish the year is when it's all said and done as far as advancing deep in the playoffs? It's huge, I, and I don't care what Mike Babcock and the, and the Toronto Maple Leafs or the entire Lightning organization or the entire Bruins organization says about this. You do not want to be in the three spot in that division. You don't really even want to be in the two spot in that division. <laughs> if you're, if you're, we we think again, we're splitting hairs here, but let's say it goes Tampa, Toronto, Boston in that order, and I think generally speaking, that would be consensus right now. Toronto is going to have to beat a Boston team that they might be third in the division, but they still might be the, I don't know, seventh best team in the entire league. They're going to have to beat them in a home series, then go on the road and play Tampa Bay in a second series, and then play the crossover matchup, which is surely also going to be a bloodbath in the Eastern Conference Final. Whereas if you win the division, you're either going to get the four team, which could be Florida, or you're going to get a crossover team, the fourth or fifth team, from the other division, which could be a New Jersey, uh, uh, maybe a Columbus, maybe a Rangers. It's just the degree of competition is so much weaker, relatively speaking, to a Toronto or Boston caliber team. It it, it reminds me so much of last year, the last two years in the NBA, where there was so much talk about, you know, how much do we really care about the regular season? Do we need home court advantage, blah, blah, blah. And there was kind of, you know, two different sides of that debate. I, I think it varies in the NHL division to division, too. I just think certain the way the playoff format is now, you have to be cognizant of the fact that that 2-3 matchup is a lock. And you do not want to be the 2-3 or three team in a division where your division is extremely talented. I mean, we saw this with Pittsburgh and Columbus and Washington yeah. the last three years where they've always been playing each other in round one despite being, I don't know, three of the seven best teams in the league. So, again, just just – that, that's the part where I think Toronto and Tampa Bay are really going to throttle most of the year because I think that that top spot in that division is super valuable. I, I totally agree. Arguably of any other division in the NHL, that one to finish first is going to mean the most. Travis, great having you back. Always appreciate you, man. All right, take care now. Travis Yost, tsn.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost, kicking off Season 5 of TSN Hockey Analytics after the break. I go to a former Maple Leafs first-round pick, 14-year NHL pro, 
and now co-host of First Up on TSN 1050, our buddy Carlo Koliakovo is next on TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Welcome back. TSN Hockey Analytics Season 5, Episode 1. Andy McNamara with you. Follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. If you miss any of the show, you can download the podcast and subscribe on iTunes. We'll have it on the Twitter accounts as well at TSN Analytics and all that good stuff if you miss any of the show. Well, I caught up a little bit earlier with our buddy Carlo Koliakovo, co-host of First Up on TSN 1050, 14-year NHL defenseman, former Leafs first-round pick. So here's my chat, teeing up the Leafs season in the Atlantic Division with Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, the last time we spoke on TSN Hockey Analytics was last year. You were getting off of a bus, getting ready for a playoff game with Mannheim Adler in Germany. Fast forward to October... Your co-host of the morning show, first up on TSN 1050. What? A, that, that's not a bad few months for you, man. How are you? Uh, it's, I'm doing great, man. It's been a it's been a really exciting summer. Um, obviously, I had to make some um, some life changes, some career changes, but uh, Andy, I couldn't I, I couldn't be more happier in the in the spot that I'm in. I I love the job. I love being on the morning show. I love working with Michael and the crew. And uh, I love working at TSN with uh, you know with, with the staff that. Uh, you know, you surround yourself every day uh, being here. Um, you know, it, it keeps me in the loop with the hockey world, the sports scene, and uh, NFL football. You name it. Uh, it's been a really, really good transition for me, and I'm I. I count my blessings every day because I'm so lucky to be in this position. Well, proud of you, buddy, and you're doing a great job on uh, First Up, uh, 6 a.m. every uh, every morning, Monday to Friday on TSN 1050. So uh, catch Carlo if you haven't there. You can catch him here, but we want to get into Maple Leafs. Of course, hey, former first-round pick of the Maple Leafs. We're going, I want a Leafs season preview and then bigger picture of the Atlantic because, Carlo, if we look at this division, it's top-heavy, but boy, like it, it could go in a whole bunch of different directions. And I don't know about you, but I feel the seeding going into the playoffs this year for the Maple Leafs is more important than ever because you want to avoid that, that Tampa Bay Lightning team as long as possible, right? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like you said, the division, if you look at hockey as a whole, every year there's three or four teams that surprise you. And I think when you look at the Atlantic division this year, that's where I see one of the biggest surprises happening because one team is going to play under expectations and one team is going to play above expectations. I think Boston could be a team that maybe takes a step back this year, uh, maybe falling into a wild card spot and Florida could be the team challenging the top teams uh, like Toronto, like Tampa for a top seed. But uh, when you talk about the Maple Leafs, um, it's, let's just look at their past playoff histories. Um, they've always started on the road. And having a guy like Mike Babcock as a coach, uh, playing for him in Detroit, we still we were the same thing. We, we started on the road and never really had the home ice advantage uh, in the Game 7s. But when we did have home ice advantage, especially with the players in the center ice band that the Leafs can throw out there on a, on a nightly basis in-game, you know, it creates a great matchup problem that the Leafs have for other teams. And I think 
the priority going into the playoffs should be to get home ice advantage because if you create a matchup problem in your advantage, you're going to dictate how the game is being played because your teams are going to have to adjust to you. So I think that should definitely be a top priority for the Maple Leafs. Everybody thinks big picture, um, you know, Stanley Cup, Cup contenders, but you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go. You gotta. The hockey season is a sprint, not a marathon. And if you can, if you can uh, break up the season into quarters and into, uh, you know, the different segments. Try to try try to create the best record you can every twenty games and see where that puts you at the end of the season going into the playoffs. And for the Leafs, it's got to be about winning the division because, like you said. The last thing you want to do is, is play a first-round opponent like the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston Bruins mm-hmm. just so that you can give yourself a better chance at advancing. Yeah, that, that's it. And we see it every year, like in the Western Conference, Carlo. How many times? Every year you see two great teams going, like, oh, well, th- there's one Stanley Cup contender gone, right? You yeah. have to take care of your own business, yeah. and the Leafs can do that. Now, with Toronto, so much has been made of this offseason about the defense and, okay, we're bringing our hands about that. I, I'm thinking that this might be the Pittsburgh model from a couple years ago, where you're heavy up front with forward talent, you get superb goaltending, so Freddie's going to have to up his game and Garrett Sparks as well, but the defense can be a little bit of a liability, mainly because, Carlo, you're controlling the play. You're controlling the play mm-hmm. in the opponent's end, and that takes the pressure off of the defense. That's kind of how this Leafs team is built, how I see that really the model should be going. What do you think? I absolutely agree with you. Um, you know, based on the way they they structure this team right now, um, it's heavy down the middle. It's 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 loaded with top talent at the center ice position, and even at the top six winger position. And you know, you've got a guy like Morgan Riley, who's a fifty point guy, who is a top defenseman on our team. You have Jake Gardner, who's a fifty point guy, who people criticize about his defensive game. And then after that, yeah, it's like you said, you're you're just plugging in the pieces. It is imperative and crucial that Nikita Zaitsev takes a step forward this yeah. year and becomes a defenseman that he was in his first year. Because if that can happen, he could be a matchup that could play on a top pair or a top four and really give you more option on the fence. But I think it's really too early to tell. The Leafs are going to be a good team. They've got great goaltending. They've got great forwards. And sometimes that might take the pressure off the defense, but the defense really as a whole, as a group, they just need to limit the time and space they play in their end and be as crisp and efficient when it comes to breaking out the puck. Because if they're just going to go back there and, you know, try to make hold plays, which is what they did a lot on opening opening night, the puck's just going to keep coming back at them. And they're going to spend more time in their end when, when they don't really need to. The, the key to a good defense is playing offense. And the less time you can spend in your end, and it's going to, it's going to be a, a group. The Leafs are going to be successful on defense if they play as a group and have guys just know their roles and play their roles to the best. I think the advantage the Leafs do have on defense if they, is that they've created a lot of organizational depth. Because let's be honest, we've seen Pittsburgh two years ago, and we've seen Washington last year win with a patchwork defense. Yep, they have their top two guys, and after that, it's you know it's it's next man up, and just go out there, spend as much time, spend as less time in your end, let your forward play the puck, play puck possession game, play time in the offensive zone, 
and just learn to make your mistakes. Don't 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 do anything that you're that you're not comfortable doing. And the thing that I noticed the most in game one, the home opener, is they were trying to focus a lot on the pretty, the home run, the, the, the stretch play that really wasn't there. Stick to something simple. Be efficient. Make the play that's there. Try not to re- reinvent the game. Yeah, I think I think that's a great take, Carlo. Yeah, don't be cute, right? Don't be cute. Get it out. Don't be cute. Focus on the zone. On the zone exit. Yeah. Exit the zone. Get it out. Yeah, as you say, you don't need the home run pass. Get it out. Don't be a hero. Like I always equate it back to. I I love, and I think each team needs the boring defenseman, the guy you don't yeah. hear about. Like back in the day, Jamie McCowan. Remember, he just got it out. Yeah. If you didn't say Jamie McCowan's name in a lot in a game. He was having a great game. That's what you need, yeah. right? Just yeah. nice and simple. Now, what about? And I, uh, sorry, go and ahead. I, sorry, just, just to further on that point, I'm not a big fan of just getting it and getting it out. I always like to to have a clean breakout where you're mm-hmm. exiting with possession. So I would like for them to just focus. They have the center iceman to help them. They have really good guys that are that can play defense as well as great offense. So if they just focus on creating a three-man unit where they're making small plays to get out of the zone, and then they can utilize their speed by making that home run stress pass, because then you can put pressures on the demon to, to back out of the zone, which will create more skating space for you through the neutral zone. Another great take. That's why we have him on, 14-year NHL veteran defenseman. <laughs> Carlo Koliakovo, co-host of First Up on TSN 1050. All right, Carlo, I, one more Leaf question, then we'll swing around the Atlantic quick. The backup goaltender position. Uh, we said Freddie Anderson has to be great, but you got Garrett Sparks. What do you think the workload needs to be to, one, keep Sparks fresh, and two, yeah. keep Freddie from really kind of getting in those, those ruts and not overworking him? Well, Garrett Sparks definitely proved that he's capable of handling the workload at the American League level. Yeah. And now the organization has shown faith in him uh, based on his development, based on his growth, based on where he is at the age 25, uh, you know, to be the backup guy behind Anderson. I think it's absolutely crucial to play Freddie Anderson no more than 65 games. Mm-hmm. And you've got you've to put the trust in Garrett Sparks to be counted on for that workload because goalies that play more than 65 games burn out when it comes playoff time. And we saw it a little bit in in Freddie Anderson last year. Maybe that has something to do with his performance in in Game 7. Maybe it didn't, but I I just look at the Washington Capitals, and this is where I come up with uh, my explanation as to why goalies shouldn't play that much. Braden Holpe for years was a guy in net almost every game in the regular season and in playoffs. Last year, Philip Grubauer established himself as being a potential number one goalie and took a lot of the workload away from Braden Holpe, where he was the guy they leaned on down the stretch of the regular season, even for the first two games of the playoffs. There was a big, there was almost a big controversy. Barry Trotz almost lost his job, and he ended up winning the Stanley Cup <laughs> because he took the chance... Uh, he believed in Grubauer because of the way he was playing, where he got them. And then with the way things played out, they lose the first two games. Well, they didn't panic. They knew they had a guy in Braden Holpe who was reliable and dependable enough to come in and look how fresh, look how dominant he was in the playoffs because he came in fresh. And I think that's going to be the key to Freddie Anderson is if you can take – those hard minutes, those hard games, those hard extra games away from him and keep him fresh and sharp going into the playoffs, I think you'll see them have better success. 
I'm with you. Now let's move to the rest of the Atlantic here. Talked a bit about Boston and Tampa. You mentioned every year in the division, right? There's a couple teams that could move up or down, maybe Florida. What about the Buffalo Sabres? Jack Eichel named captain, and it seems yeah. like we've just been waiting for the Sabres to actually start this rebuild, right? Like it seems like they kind of muddle yeah. around. Is this the year you think the Sabres maybe not get to the playoffs but make a noticeable improvement? Well, you would hope so with all the positive changes they made. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, the the big, uh, you know, the, the big change that they made was naming Jack Eichel the face of the franchise and the captain of their team. And you add that with, you know, adding a Connor Sherry and a Jeff Skinner and bringing in Carter Hutton, drafting Rasmus Dahlin. Well, you can go on and on on some of the a lot of the positive moves that they made, but man, they had their home opener last night and they put up another stinker. And yeah. it's like, yeah. when is this team going to take that step? And yeah, it is one game, but that's a team that's put themselves in a position to be significantly better. And I just hope because I played there, they've got a great fan base. They've been through years of torture there, and I think it's time to, to for, for the Buffalo Sabres to start being relevant again. And I, I I hope this is a year we can see them, you know, give other teams in the division a push uh, to ultimately make a playoff spot. And um, if last night was any indication of what time the team is going to be, man, it's going to be another tough year in oh. Buffalo. But let's hope things change. Yeah. Uh, there's no need to panic after one game. But uh, they definitely need to have a better emphasis on playing better and not uh, giving away points that they believe they should have at this time of year. You can never get them back. Well, it's going to be a real fun year, Carlo. Thank you so much. Let's check in a little bit later on in the season. Absolutely, Andy. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. There he goes, Carlo Koliakovo, co-host of First Up on TSN 1050. Of course, former NHLer, Leafs first-round pick. Always great chatting with our guy, Carlo. And yeah, what, what, what a, a year when we talked to him first on a bus at Mannheim Adler. Now co-host of the morning show. Absolutely love it. Yeah, Carlo. It's our guy. We'll take the break. Fantasy Hockey Talk next. If you have questions for your league, for daily, whatever, my guy James Harding, NHL.com Fantasy Analyst, joins us next. Tweet us at AndyMCD1, at Harding underscore hockey. Get your fantasy hockey questions in now. James Harding is next here on TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Cycling, near cycle, lining, moving and shooting, scores! Patrick Line off the post and in on a great regroup by Winnipeg, and the Jets lead it 1-0 on a power play goal. Welcome back to Season 5 debut episode of TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter. The show at TSN Analytics, myself at AndyMC81. Time to get into some fantasy hockey talk. Your league, your draft is done. The season is underway. It's the first big slate of games Saturday. And, of course, there's always the DFS Daily Plays as well. Let's bring in our guy. He returns, James Harding, NHL.com fantasy analyst. James, great to have you back, buddy. How are you? Oh, it's great to be back, Andy, and I'm really, really glad that you're not calling me again to brag about your Browns beating my Jets a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, uh, uh, listen, the record over the last two years is what, 233-1? and one? I'm, I, I'm not much of a bragger right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not much better, so I really don't think I would have bragged if we beat you guys. No, no. 
<laughs> no, we're in this together, buddy. We're in this together. And you know what? Absolutely. We're going to help out our listeners who can tweet you at jharding underscore hockey. Ask their fantasy hockey questions. Let's go to some projections here for the year because season just started up and some predictions. So who do you feel heading into the year is going to be your fantasy MVP? Yeah, and it's probably not that big of a stretch uh, with this guy considering the pedigree that he has and he's coming off of winning his first career Stanley Cup last year, but it's Alex Ovechkin. Uh, when you look at the production he had last season, 49 goals, 38 assists, 87 points, 355 shots on goal, 31 power play points, the production is there. But especially in season-long leagues, he gets the nod because Yahoo this year added hits as a primary category in standard scoring leagues. And when you factor that in, seven of his past nine seasons have produced a minimum of 185 hits with six of those seasons, 200 plus hit seasons. So when you factor all of that in, I think the production level is there with the goals, the point totals, the power play point totals, and now the shot totals and hits. I, I think Alex Ovechkin is going to finish the year season long as the best player in fantasy hockey. And that's a great point with the hits. You forget about that with Ovi, right? You sprinkle that in, that just adds adds to him so much. So, okay, that's the MVP. Now, the top rookie, predicting that is always tough, right, James? Because you don't know necessarily playing time. Is a guy going to hit the rookie wall? But who is the top rookie that you're looking at this year? Yeah, I mean, when you look at last year, I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of people expected Matt Barzell to be good. I don't know if they expected him to be as good as he was. And so predicting rookies is very, very hard. Clayton Keller had a great season last year. He was a preseason uh, rookie of the year candidate. This year, I think there's a clear-cut favorite among a lot of uh, experts out there, and it's Elias Pettersson. I think when you look at the pedigree that he has, first off, Andy, it's ridiculous. He doesn't turn 20 for another month. So he's 19 years old. Uh, as an 18, 19-year-old in the SHL last year over in Sweden, he went 24-32 for 56 in 44 games and then added 19 points in 13 playoff games. Uh, he's sick, uh, centering the second line right now in Vancouver with Erickson and Nikolai Goldobin, and he's on the first power play unit with Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, Sven Barchi, and Alex Adler. But he could move up and play with Besser at some point this season if the chemistry wears off with Besser and Bo Horvat, and if they think that they need to spark Besser or start sparking the top end of that offense and get something. Pedersen and Besser did play together in the preseason, but I think the, the clear-cut guy right now amongst a lot of, play, uh, a lot of experts is uh, Elias Pedersen. So now let's go to goaltender for the final prediction heading into this fantasy season. Leafs Freddie Anderson's going to be playing a lot, right? And, and what you really want to look at, I think, is probably the backup situation. Which goalies are going to be playing the most to give you the most opportunities in fantasy? Yeah, Freddie Anderson is definitely going to be up there, especially with the addition of John Tavares to that offense. Uh, they're not going to lose a lot of games 2-1. Uh, to one. I think they're going to have a lot more in the, the three or four goals a game uh, more often than not. So that, that offense is potent enough for Anderson to really have a big season. But I go to the team that's actually my Stanley Cup favorite going into the season and probably the safest fantasy team out there, and that's the Winnipeg Jets. I think that Connor Hellebuck is going to build off of his uh, Vesna finalist season from last year. He 
tied for the lead with 44 wins with Andre Vasilevsky from the Lightning. He was top 10 in both goals against and save percentage and was second with six shutouts in 67 games. So I think that he's going to take another step forward this season on a very, very exciting team and a very safe fantasy team when you look at the top end of that offense, top end of that defense, and what Hellebuck did last season. Talking fantasy hockey with James Harding, NHL.com fantasy analyst on Twitter, at jharding underscore hockey. So, James, we know the league longs are there, but what some people like to do, myself included, is to sprinkle league play season long with some DFS, with some daily, like DraftKings lineups and all that, right? And you got the showdown option this year they have, where you can go team versus team and pick captains and all that. The classic with the salary cap, you can check it all out. Of course, DraftKings.com. But if we're looking at a DFS DraftKings lineup for the weekend, let's say Saturday. I like the value. You message, uh, or mentioned Elias Pettersson right off the bat for the Canucks. He's a $5,100 buy. I think that's a pretty sweet spot for center. Oh, absolutely. When you, when you talk about trying to build that lineup and really balance the salary cap, he's a guy that I would definitely look at, but a must-start in my opinion tonight, and I hearken back to that safe fantasy team that I just mentioned, the Jets, Patrick Laine uh, against Dallas. He picked up right where he left off last season. He scored a goal and an assist with five shots on goal in their season opener against the Blues on Thursday. He's coming into tonight, though, with 18 career points, 14 goals, four assists, five power play goals, and 34 shots on goal in nine career games against Dallas. He has absolutely feasted on the stars in his career. So if I'm starting somebody, no matter what their salary is tonight, it's Patrick Lineage. Patrick Lanning popped him in, and we heard his uh, goal highlight off the top. So if I'm filling out my DraftKings lineup here for Saturday uh, here, James, I got Elias Pettersson at center so far. I got Patrick Lanning at winger. I'm starting Freddie Anderson in net. Who's a sleeper I should keep an eye on? Yeah, a sleeper that I kind of like tonight, uh, I'm going to give you a defensive sleeper, is Matthias Ekholm Hmm. from the National Predators. Uh, Two assists, one shot on goal, and one block shot in their season opener against the Rangers on Thursday night. He's skating on the second pair at even strength with P.K. Subban. Uh, He scored an NHL career high 10 goals last season and had the second best point total of his career with 34 uh, and had a career high with 135 shots on goal. So if he gets any power play time, he did have 13 power play points as well last season. Um, He's primarily an even strength option, but I like the all-around game that he's got going on since last season, bring it to this season. And he's got a favorable matchup tonight against the Islanders, who despite winning on Thursday night 2-1 to one against Carolina, gave up 46 shots against. So I, I like Ekholm tonight as a value option on defense. That's why we bring you on, buddy. Get the sleeper picks. Love it. James, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week, man. Sounds great, brother. All right. James Harding, NHL.com fantasy analyst. You can send him his, your questions for fantasy hockey on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. And, of course, find his great work at NHL.com. We'll take the break. To wrap up the show, Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Heroes and Zeros is back. And we'll swing around the top storylines in the National Hockey League. That's next, TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Back to wrap up the Season 5, Episode 1 edition 
of TSN Hockey Analytics right here on TSN 1050 Toronto. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow the show on Twitter at TSN Analytics, myself at AndyMC81. If you miss any of the show, you can always subscribe on iTunes, get the podcast there. We'll tweet it out on the uh, at TSN Analytics account, of course, and on the show page as well, tsn1050.ca on the shows page. Scroll down. And you'll see the show right there. So lots of ways to make sure you don't miss any of the information. And in his fifth season, coming back, our Iron Man Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing good. And, Scotty, you'll be happy to know we have the sting. It is also <laughs> returned for... Four. It's time for the best, best and worst of the NHL this week. Hockey analytics, heroes and zeros. With Scott Cohen and Andy McNamara. Jeez, they almost made a liar out of me there, Scott. <laughs> it's episode one. It's all, it's all good. So <laughs> let's get to the heroes portion of Heroes and Zeros. Toronto fans are going to be happy about this one. Austin 316, baby. Austin Matthews leads the way. That's right. Uh, perhaps you've heard of uh, this. This uh, Austin Matthews character, he scored two goals on, on opening night. But to me, what's the, the I guess the most interesting part is, is the first goal that he scored, um, the way he kind of changed positioning of the puck uh, in, in order to release it. And uh, if uh, anybody has listened to uh, Craig Custance's recent podcast, uh, the Full 60, uh, he had Daryl Belfry on there. And Daryl Belfry is a, a skills coach who works with Austin Matthews. And one of the things they talked about is how Matthews has uh, worked on changing his shot. And he, he did it before he came into the NHL, and he did it again this past offseason. Uh, and, you know, you would look at Austin Matthews' track record over his first two NHL seasons and, and say, well, I, I mean, he was on pace for about 45 goals last year um, before getting hurt. And so you would think, well, you really don't need to change a whole lot if you're, if you're scoring like that in the NHL. Well, Matthews, you know, continues uh, to do things to try and get better, and um, I think one of the, the interesting things is, is with his uh, spot on the, the Leafs' first power play is I uh, wonder how many times we're going to get to see him unleash that shot coming down uh, from the top of the circles there. And, and uh, I, I, I projected him for 43 goals coming into the season, uh, tied for second with Patrick Laine. Uh, and, you know, after, after one game, I'm wondering whether I might have undershot just a little bit. We, yeah, <laughs> well, we, and we talked about your next hero in the fantasy segment with James Harding from NHL.com just a few minutes ago, Lias Pedersen of the uh, Canucks. Yeah, and this is, uh, this is the kind of favorite, I think, for the uh, Calder Trophy coming into this season. Uh, I projected him for 59 points to be tops among rookie scorers because he, he destroyed the Swedish Hockey League last year. You know, between regular season and playoffs, he had 75 points in 57 games, and that's like, you know, you might say, oh, it's not the National Hockey League, and it's not, but the Swedish Hockey League is a good league. And so for guys to uh, to put up those kind of numbers, you would look at him and say, yeah, he's going to be able to uh, score in the NHL. Now, when you, when you look at him um, and you see his body, uh, he looks like a, a teenager and <laughs> uh, and looks like somebody who who might get pushed around, and, and that may happen at, at some time. But I think if you look at the way the National Hockey League is now, it's based on speed and skill. And uh, Elias Pettersson has, has loads of that. And so he, he had a goal and assist uh, on opening night and only played 946. Like, I understand the Canucks kind of had a comfortable lead and you know, didn't need to push for, for more goals, so they, they got to kind of take it easy. Like Pettersson plays 946, and, and, uh, and Tyler Mott plays more than 21 minutes. There's obviously something to, to do with uh, the score of the game and, and how it was playing. But uh, I think Pettersson is uh, he's going to be worth the price of admission all year. And you know, that, that's something for the Canucks fans to, to hang on to. Sure, and your final hero, we go to Winnipeg, the Jets, Connor Hellebuck. Tough to argue with that. 
Yeah, I mean, he had such a great uh, start there in St. Louis. Uh, stopped 41 of 42 shots uh, in a 5-1 win. And, and you know, when because uh, Winnipeg kind of pulled away in the third period of that game, that, that, that game was really close. Uh, through the first two periods, it was a one nothing game, and and Hellebuck made a, a huge save leading uh, up to the play where uh, Winnipeg took their two nothing lead, and then the, started steamrolling uh, in that direction. And it just it was a um, a real kind of opportunity for Hellebuck to to play against a, uh, on the road against a really good team and and show that he's uh, kind of in fine form, and he did. Uh, whereas you know if you looked at the other end of the ice. Uh, where Allen for the uh, for the St. Louis Blues uh, did not give that kind of performance. So those are the heroes. Now to the zeros. And Scotty, I love this. You're not just picking one guy from the Minnesota <laughs> Wild. You're picking an entire line. That's right. Oh. Well, and if, if, because their performance against Colorado, it was like it was it was special. Uh, so Charlie <laughs> Coyle, Jordan Greenway, and Joel Erickson Eck. Now, and so they've put them together uh, on a line for the Wild. And I see what they're doing here. Like these are three guys who are big and. Def- physical and they can skate like you could see that you know what they were thinking right um and what happened uh, in that opening night against uh, colorado is they got a shot uh, 13 shot attempts to one shot attempt and you know when you're when you're getting seven percent of the courses that's a tough night uh and so i i'm not sure how long that will last whether whether the the wild will give them another another game to to try and sort it out or whether they cut their losses but that was uh, that was a special uh night the, the first game of the season for that trio i like that that's a really nice way. a special night yes the wrong <laughs> the wrong type of special and let's finish up the uh the zero portion Mark Andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights. Scotty, dare I say, there might be a, 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 a flaw with the Golden Knights who we just kept doubting all year last year. And, well, we, we know what happened. Well, I mean, this is Mark Andre Fleury had the best year of his career last yeah. year. Okay. And everything so went right. The, the, the obvious uh, thing is, is that uh, he should regress. Uh, this season, the numbers should come down. Now, maybe not quite as hard as they did on opening night. He gave up five goals on 16 shots against against Philadelphia. Um, but I think that that's a worthwhile thing to point out here is that you know the, the Vegas Golden Knights probably won't get last year's version of Mark Andre Fleury. And, and so, for all the success they had that you might have attributed to Fleury last year, um, be prepared to dial some of that back. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly, that's that's what happened on opening night for them. In conversation with Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. Follow him on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. You can check out his Heroes and Zeros column, statistically speaking, snapshot of, of really every sport on tsn.ca. Just follow him. If you, if you like a sport, follow Scotty and he'll, he'll, he'll get you covered. You got everything, buddy. I love it. Uh, this is from a little bit earlier um, on tsn.ca. The snapshot article, you have Predators open the new season on top. And you have Nashville as your your top um, your top team there. Tell me what you like about the Preds heading into the year. Well, uh, stability for one thing. You know that they're um, you know they, they didn't have to make uh, a lot of improvements to what they had last year. Like when when last regular season ended, I had Nashville and Winnipeg as my top two teams, um, and I, I you know I. I I think you can probably kind of cast a blanket over maybe the top half dozen teams in the league right now, but like what, what's going on with Nashville? The fact that they've got all their their big four on defense is, is still there. They added Dan Hamhuis, who who you know he's a little older, but he played shutdown minutes for the Dallas Stars last year. It yeah. was really effective. So play him as a number five on that defense. That's a that's an upgrade, and I think probably one that uh, is overlooked for the most part. And um, and I mean they they didn't even keep their top prospect. They sent Eli Tolvin and down to the American Hockey League, uh, and so 
I kind of look at Nashville and think, yes, they've got a really solid lineup. Uh, you know, they have the reigning Vesna Trophy winner in goal. They've, they've got this great top four on defense. And, you know, if at some point during the year they're having trouble scoring goals, well, they, they have a, a top prospect who, who was lighting up the KHL last year and is probably going to make an appearance uh, before too long this year in the NHL. Scotty, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for being back for Season 1. We'll talk to you again next week. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. There he goes, Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen. Check out all his great work, of course, on TSN.ca. Well, that'll do it, folks. Season 5, Episode 1, we're back. Thank you so much for all your support throughout the offseason. Wanting us to get back, we are here, and I'm looking forward to another great season of TSN Hockey Analytics. So... For producer Sean Lavery and Keith Bauer, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics right here on TSN 1050 Toronto.